Welcome to EnviroMinded, the podcast where we have conversations with the people who are making better happen in their communities, their industries, and ultimately our world. Today we are talking to Edgar Girbellini, the president and CEO of Austin Gay and Lesbian Chamber of Commerce, or AGLCC for short. We'll touch on recent news in Texas, including the legislature's special session, Edgar's thoughts on the so-called bathroom bills, and the future of LGBTQ activism from Austin, Texas to San Juan, Puerto Rico. Edgar, let's give everybody a frame of reference to start here. What is the purpose of AGLCC? What a chamber of commerce does, basically, um, we promote and protect the interest of a business community in a particular place. So that's kind of just the bigger picture of a chamber of commerce. When you look at a minority chamber of commerce, such as the gay and lesbian chamber, then we look at the interest of that gay and lesbian, bisexual, transgender, queer community. Um, they have their own specific needs then and, and specific challenges that are brought on. And being an entrepreneur and a business person has its own set of challenges already. So you have another layer of that. And so our chamber then specializes in promoting those businesses and those businesses that are friendly to our community as well. Um, so we have a mixture of advocacy, uh, networking, uh, and we also have a little bit of philanthropy mixed in since we have a foundation that handles an LGBTQ scholarship fund. So, so all that mixed in, it's, it's really, our purpose and mission is, is to really foster and empower our community and our business community and its allies. And it's all to make um, the economy in Central Texas stronger and more robust for everybody. And it would be kind of odd that the president or CEO of AGLCC would be straight, right? I mean, that would just seem a little bit odd. It would be a little, I mean, I, I don't, I definitely want to acknowledge that depending on somebody's skill set, you know, they can run uh, an organization such as this, but then you have your preferred qualifications of skill set. And that really depends on you have to find yourself at the same level as your constituents. And our members, because they're LGBTQ, you have to really understand where that's coming from. And I've, I've lived, I guess I came out openly gay in my 20s, so, so I've lived, I understand what living that life authentically is like. And so I understand and can empathize with the issues that our LGBTQ business owners may have gone through themselves. And you have the deep, perfect radio voice, so that doesn't hurt either. <laughs> Thanks, yeah. I appreciate that, yeah. My, some of my friends call it my, su my Sunday voice, and uh, it comes in handy, yes. <laughs> we are in a really unique situation right now. We are recording this on day two of the Texas legislature's special summer session that will last up to 30 days. And two bills that are getting national attention right now are Senate Bill 3 and Senate Bill 91, uh, both of which restrict bathroom use in government buildings and public schools based on the sex that's listed on a person's birth certificate. Edgar, what's your reaction to these bills that are being debated right now? A bill like this really is 
a, a response looking for a problem. Um, and and I, I think it comes from, because I think even conservative voters and business people feel that there isn't a need for this kind of legislation. Uh, this is legislation um, really provided because of the will of a small number of constituents that has a very loud voice uh, at our capital. And, and those are, because even religious leaders have come out against this kind of legislation as well. Um, and businesses overall understand that discrimination is bad for business. And I, my concern to, well, what I hear as some of the responses of why we have the legislation moving forward is that it's there to protect women and children. We already have laws in place to protect those that, um, women and children and, and those that um, have concerns for that. And so I'm afraid that this really focuses on our transgender family members. And, and it's really unfortunate because just like the process of coming out for gays and lesbians and bisexuals is, is a, it's almost like a second adolescence, mm -hmm. um, understanding and, and living authentically what you feel your gender is or isn't is in itself another process and, and a very hard one. And all they want to do is live authentically as humans, just like you and I do. So that, that process is an individual private act. And for something as private as using the restroom, which um, it's, it's very sad that that's where we're, we're drawing battle lines. Um, all this time, there have been transgender people using the restroom of their choice and there hasn't been an issue um, so so it's um, it's unfortunate and leading into what you asked previously um, I think the business community understands this can be a very big problem yeah, the response from the business community has been very vocal and adamantly opposed to the legislation just to name a few businesses who have signed an open letter uh, refuting the passing of this legislation, United Airlines, Under Armour, South by Southwest, Silicon Labs, Rackspace, Qualcomm, Apple, Facebook, Amazon, Intel, Dell, just to name a few. But it's no guarantee that this legislation will die. What do you think would happen if this legislation passes? Um, we already saw North Carolina having passed their bills and that has affected North Carolina by millions of dollars and I think what people sometimes don't understand is that it's a domino effect and the issue is compounded because then it's the reaction of not just what happens locally and how legislation like this affects people but then how how it's the reaction comes from the outside the state We've already known, at least on the tourism industry side, there have been a number of conferences and conventions that have either threatened to cancel or have canceled. Right. Um, in North Carolina, I mean, huge events. The NBA All-Star Game is canceled. Huge. Also, of course, uh, 
concerts, Pearl Jam, exactly. Springsteen, you know, things like that. Well, and then and, and then you look at state go- other state governments and what their response could be. For example, California has placed a travel ban um, of any government workers and employees coming to Texas. So that means universities then are affected by this. So athletic evi- events that would be happening in Texas would lose out mm-hmm. because of this. Yeah, it's strange. It's like According to this rule that, you know, these laws that California has has placed, um, I'm not sure if their laws are necessarily executive orders mm-hmm. of some type, but basically, yes, banning California-funded state travel yes. to Texas. I mm-hmm. mean, that's remarkable. It's like a state-on-state warfare in some reason or advocacy. It is. It is. It, and, and it's using their economic leverage against an issue. Mm-hmm. So, so it's really fascinating to see... Um, and and then I think it affects our community. Our LGBT community is affected because they feel like second class citizens by virtue of something like this coming out. Mm-hmm. You know, you mm-hmm. live in a state that you leave, uh, live and breathe and love, and you expect the state that you live in to also protect you and protect your individual rights. Right. Governor Abbott provides uh, two reasons why he believes this legislation should exist, and I'd like your reaction to it. This is from a June 27th, 2017 press release. Quote, to avoid a patchwork quilt of conflicting local regulations, Texas should establish a single statewide rule protecting the privacy of women and children. Later, he continues, quote, at a minimum, the legislature should pass a bill that protects the privacy of our children in public schools. And he goes on to thanks the, uh, the bill's sponsors. What's your reaction to the reasoning? Well, um, regarding the patchwork of, uh, of laws that interfere with each other, that's welcome to democracy. That, that, that's really the cornerstone of what we do um, as a people every day in the U.S. So we, we may have rules at the federal level um, that govern certain specific things that the federal government has ownership over. And then the states are allowed to then self-govern themselves. And... States may have different regulations, um, and but that's just how it works. The thing is, is that although sometimes the federal government may feel the need um, or there is an issue, especially if something comes down from the Supreme Court, that to protect a group of citizens, there will be a need to have a blanket change of laws and regulation. Um, in the same component, some local uh, municipalities aren't haven't gotten to that point. Um, things take time, and and government is slow, and for a reason. Um, you never want sweeping change mm-hmm. in any kind of government because that becomes problematic, especially the number of people that you allow having that power to have sweeping change. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's why we have a representative government and, and we have these processes. Um, so, correct, the laws in Abilene or anywhere else in Texas may be very different. And, and sometimes those are questions that we as a Chamber of Commerce receive. Someone may live in Central Texas, but not necessarily in Austin, and, and be concerned about what happens when my employer wants to fire me because 
I'm lesbian. You know, what kind of rights do I have? I'm being um, set aside because of how I talk or how I walk or something like that. So that um, that's why some local legislation protects our citizens, but it also depends on how that local government has evolved to that point. Mm-hmm. You were born and raised in Puerto Rico, and I'm wondering if you see any differences between uh, the island and the states, or Texas in particular, as far as the el- evolution of acceptance of LGBTQ people uh, and the legislation that's gone along with that. I-, I think like many places, Texas included, it's an evolution of that community. Uh, only recently the governor of Puerto Rico created an LGBTQ quality of life commission, um, which I never thought I'd see in my lifetime. So that means that opinions are changing for something like that to come from the government level. Um, so I find that very encouraging. Um, growing up, I remember that you know my grandmother either wanted me to be a priest or, or marry you know a nice girl and settle down. And um, but they they once I came out to them my family evolved and evolved their opinion and and now I have aunts and uncles that um, love my boyfriend and just because he's my boyfriend and I'm their you know their family member so they they love me and not ma- not mattering who I who I love mm-hmm. or who I choose mm-hmm. to love so I think it's an evolution uh, just like the country has evolved the island is evolving as well because the island has a connection to the U.S. Um, as as an associated territory, then um, when marriage became legal for all and marriage equality came to the states, Supreme Court legislation also affects the island. So that equality also came to the island. So that changes perspectives as well. One of the narratives we hear a lot about in the media is the fragmentation of the LGBTQ community, or more accurately, the lack of one specific goal or mission that unites the entire community. Uh, Marriage equality has been won. HIV AIDS is no longer a death sentence. Uh, Are you worried that the lack of one unifying um, mission is going to be a problem for the LGBTQ community? And... Where Where is that unifying message, if there is a need for one? I think it is a problem. Um, I think, and unfortunately, it's we as humans are, are much more susceptible to um, getting around one idea because multitasking, it's a lot easier <laughs> to have to have the one big opponent um, than than multiple issues. And, um, my concern is, you spoke about HIV and, and the AIDS fight against AIDS. And even though more visibility occurred, I'm afraid that our community has become a little lax about there's still an issue. There are still people having unprotected sex and people that don't know they even carry the virus. So just in Travis County alone, we still have a high a rate of people having HIV. It's not a death sentence anymore, but it's still a very expensive process um, to to manage. 
and, and it has its own set of side effects as well as any illness, managing any illness would be. Um, so, and right after marriage equality, yes, I, I'm afraid certain people in our community said, oh, I got what I needed, I, I'm good to go, and I can, you know, put my picket signs down, and I can relax with my, with, with my family. And, and I'm afraid that sense of vigilance um, kind of, you know, waned. Um, I think some of the issues that we have to, as a community need to look at is we have to stop fighting against ourselves. <laughs> I think we, it, it's sometimes um, funny in a quirky sense that we don't want to be uh, pulled out and looked at as completely different and not human. But at the same time, we also enjoy our individuality, which, um, which is why we have so many letters representing us as a community. Um, I remember before it was gay encompassed everything, and then it just different things evolved equality-wise. Have we come, become too PC of a society where we have to make sure that everyone is at the table? Or can we look past that and say, you know what? We all have a very similar issue, and that has to do with our sexuality or our gender identity, and that's what brings us together. Um, I think some of the issues that we have to look at moving forward is if we're going to be the diverse voice, then we have to be truly diverse. Many times, even in leadership, we see um, if there is LGBT leadership involved, we're missing key pieces of the diverse puzzle. Where is um, where are the queer people of color? You know. Um, Sometimes it is just a Caucasian leadership that may be LGB. Um, so it's really fighting on that front and understanding and, and unifying with these other societies and these other uh, ethnicities and communities, whether they be the black community or Hispanic community, of joining in that civil rights fight. I think what will eventually unify us is really... Um, finding that equality for everybody um, and and expanding that constitutional you know segment of you know my equal rights as an individual and what that means so so it's really getting behind that banner um, it's not going to be easy because everyone will want you know have their own banner but I think that may be the larger umbrella of, of really finally equalizing of what that looks like under the law. That was Edgar Girbellini, the president and CEO of Austin Gay and Lesbian Chamber of Commerce. You can find more information about the chamber and become a member at their website, aglcc.org. This has been EnviroMinded. It's recorded live at EnviroMedia, an agency dedicated to positive change in the arenas of sustainability, energy, health, and the environment. You can find more episodes of EnviroMinded anywhere you get your podcasts. My name is Adam Niederprum. Please visit EnviroMedia.com for more information about our agency. And please come and see us in beautiful Austin, Texas. 